and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. We never know at Outsports where we're going to find our next story. And Aoife Cook came along. Uh, our managing editor, Don Ennis, saw a story in the Irish Times, connected us on Instagram, and here we are. Aoife has a real legit shot at competing at the Olympic Games in Tokyo later this year, as long as those Olympic Games happen. Aoife is a marathoner, competed for a school in Arkansas years ago, is an Irish national marathon champion, and we are rooting for her. She's been out for quite a while and is just now getting some attention because she's LGBTQ and, of course, incredibly successful in sports. We talk about all of that and then some, her hopes and dreams of making it to Tokyo, what it means to represent the LGBTQ community, in addition to all of the change that she has seen in Ireland in her short time. I hope you appreciate my conversation with marathoner Aoife Cook. Aoife, thank you so much for, for joining me. I'm curious where in Ireland you live. Uh, I live in Cork, which is in the south of Ireland, so right down at the bottom, near enough to the coast. Is it, is it more of a rural area? Is it a big city? Um, it would be a small city, probably very small by your standards. Um, there's a population of about 300,000 in um, in Cork. Um, so we're the second biggest city in Ireland, but I think that's probably fairly small by your standards. Three, well, 300,000 is, is not so big, no, but but it's also, that's not a small little town. That, that's a city. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, I think in the United States, people have an impression of Ireland being extremely Catholic and possibly homophobic, but I know there's been a lot of change over the last 10 years. I'm curious what that has been like for you. Yeah, so I um, I, I came out quite young. Um, I suppose when I was going to school, um, I didn't, I wouldn't have known um, anyone who would have been gay or out as, as, as LGBTQ or anything like that. So it was something that wasn't, um, you know, couldn't see it. Um, so for me, I didn't kind of realize that I, I was um, gay until I started going to college, which I, I went to college over in the States and I, I met um, a few people um, over there and that kind of helped me come to the realization but um, that was probably maybe 15 years ago now so um, kind of since then um, Ireland has become very progressive um, I suppose there's a lot more visibility now um, you know there's a lot of community centers um, for LGBTQ people um, in Cork City and Dublin and Galway and the main cities in in Ireland and trying to reach out to more rural areas as well um, and in 2015 um, you know there was a referendum to vote for marriage equality um, so to allow LGBTQ people to get married and we're the first country um, in the world to uh, legalize uh, marriage equality um, by public vote so that just kind of shows kind of how progressive Ireland has come the past past few years I guess. Correct me if I'm wrong but that vote 
wasn't close. If I remember, it was like 60 to 40 or something, right? It was. It was, it was by a large margin as well, which makes it even more, you know, <laughs> makes it, you know, for us, definitely, you know, just shows how, um, how accepting the Irish people are now. Were you surprised by that when it happened? I mean, uh, th that it was, I mean, the 60 to 40 on a vote like that, the first in the world, like you said, that's a big margin. Were you surprised? Um, I was surprised at the margin, yeah. Um, no, I, I guess, and like all of us were a little bit nervous about how the vote would go. Because um, obviously if it was a no, that would have been a, a huge blow and, and would have kind of set Ireland back, I think, a lot. Um, so for it to be such, um, you know, a yes by such a great margin um, was surprising in, in a very good way. Um, but um, yeah, it was, it was just really good to see um, just how, how progressive Ireland is and, you know, that the vast majority of people thought that way, you know. A few years ago, I spent several days in Limerick and I was surprised. It's in the middle of the country. Uh, is a, a larger town, <laughs> um, a larger city for Ireland, uh, but but there was there seemed to be a robust LGBTQ community there. I never felt uncomfortable. Are you finding that, as we're finding in the United States, that acceptance is going beyond the cities, that it's getting to the smaller cities and and the more rural towns? It is, yeah, definitely. Um, like, I don't think there's anywhere in Ireland now that I would feel, you know, that I wouldn't feel comfortable or, you know, I wouldn't feel afraid or anything like that. Um, obviously, you get, you know, that small minority who, who you might get comments from, but the vast majority are very accepting, even out, kind of, I suppose, it, you look at West Cork now, kind of out, um, uh, kind of more rural um, where I live and there's a there's a huge um, LGBT community there as well and in Kerry and and everywhere you know so it's great. So you are on an amazing journey right now a journey that you hope will take you to Tokyo. Um, why have you decided to be so out during this journey so visible being LGBTQ? Um, it wasn't, to be honest, it wasn't a conscious decision on my part. Um, I think for me, um, I came out when I was about 18 and this was, I suppose, before I became an elite athlete. So I was out. I was out already before, you know, I decided to take this journey towards towards Tokyo. Um, I, you know, I probably wasn't hugely vocal about it, but, you know, I was out with my friends, my family and in the community, you know, and everything. Um, so I suppose my journey in the last couple of years, um, like I, I had to spend and I got back about, I suppose it was six or seven years ago now. And um, so it was a kind of a process to get to where I am now. And it was only um, probably about a year and a half ago that I won my Martha National Championships here. Um, so that just was my my first step towards towards doing this. And um I don't know, it was people approached me really um, because I was out on my own social media and everything. And then um, I had this result in, in the Irish National Championships and it's kind of like put the two together. Oh, she's <laughs> she's LGBTQ and, and she's this really good runner. Um, so people approached me, um, you know, saying, would I, you know, speak um, or, you know, kind of be an ambassador for, um, you know, inclusion and diversity for, for the um, 
the athletics body here and, and things like that. So it just made sense. Um, you know, I was already out. I didn't have to come out in order to do this. So it just made sense for me to, to do that, you know. The, so we've been running out sports since 1999, and, and this is how we've found sports have changed. People just being willing to be out, being in their sport. Some people take a rainbow flag and wave it wherever they go. And then some people yeah. are just, this is me. I'm competing in my sport. Brittany Bow is an American speed skater who comes to mind. She really doesn't talk much about being LGBTQ, but she's comfortable simply being in her sport, being out, being a, a role model. Has that, have, have, have people like that in Ireland been why there's been such a, a huge shift in attitude? Partly, I, I would guess, yeah. You know, um, I think it's it's great, you know, that, that people are, are really just comfortable in who they are, just as you say, just to be out and do their sport and, you know, um, and there's no fear around it and I think people kind of just see then like oh look this person's just living her life you know or this person you know he's living his life and you know there's no issues around it they're not you know you know doing anything bad or you know they're, they're just like us so just to to be so comfortable and um and not kind of kind of hide yourself I think it just shows people that okay you know they're just like any of us they have their goals we have our goals you know and um I think that's that's the way to progress, really. In sport, whether it was in, in college in Arkansas or now competing at a national level in Ireland and internationally, have you had any negative pushback from anyone in sports? Um, to be honest, I, I haven't really. Um, not that I, I have noticed anyway. Um, you know, and running especially, I, I don't know about other sports, but um, people are very, um, you know, uh, supportive of, of whatever you're doing. Um, it's like a little community in itself, I think, when, when you're going to races or, or things like that, um, locally or, or anywhere, really, um, and, and you can just be yourself. Um, so I really, there hasn't been any negativity um, for me personally anyway. It's just amazing. We talked to so many athletes, Aoife, and before they come out, they're so afraid. They, they think that sports are just full of homophobia and rejection. And what we've found is exactly what you just said. Sports is actually full of love and support, particularly smaller sports, smaller, like, you know, less high profile sports, like, like distance running. Where do you think this idea that that sports are homophobic and anti-LGBTQ. Where does that come from? And how do we help people understand that that's just not true? Yeah, it, it's hard to know exactly where it comes from. And I don't know, maybe in, in, in sports like, you know, that, that are considered more masculine or more feminine or, or you know, um, like, I don't know, American football or, or, fo or soccer, um, sports like that, um, I think people, um, especially males, it seems like I, I think females are quite okay with being out in those sports. Um, it, it just seems, I don't know, um, there, there's some sort of fear like that, that kind of, you know, the locker room, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of cliche or whatever, uh, that people are afraid that, you know, something's going to happen if they're out, that, that people are going to mis misinterpret them and things like that. Um, 
so I, it's hard to know. Like, I mean, I, I think the only way to, to make people see that that's actually not the case and, and it's quite the opposite um, is to have role models, um, you know, people who are comfortable with being themselves and, and showing that they can succeed in the sport um, while being themselves and, and just continue to talk about it and continue to be visible you know um especially i think for the younger generations coming up for for them to be able to see athletes you know if they were to see um lgbt athletes in the nfl or you know in the premier league um you know make them so so much easier for them you know when they're going up It's a great point, and the, and the stereotype is so strong in those quote-unquote masculine macho sports like rugby and and football and American football and uh, and but even still, when I talk to LGBTQ athletes, men or women who come out in those sports, they they say the same thing that you did. My teammates are totally cool. Um, okay, maybe there may have been a problem here or there. Maybe a, a, an athlete, a teammate, became more distant religious reasons or whatever, but by and large is amazing. It's amazing how inclusive sports are. Uh, and, and, and you mentioned it, you know, the, the community aspect, but the community is an inherent value in sports. And, and that's what we found at our sports, that, that that community, that love, that support is really the dominant force in sports. Yeah, it really is. And I think, you know, uh, running is one thing, but, um, you know, like in, in sports like soccer and rugby and all of that, like, you know, there, there's this huge emphasis around the team, you know, you're a team and I guess it doesn't really matter if one person in the team is gay or not, like you're still a team and, you, you know, you still have your common goal and you're going to help each other to reach that common goal, you know. Well, let's just talk about your running. I was a distance runner when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, our races were, um, let's see, about five kilometers. And uh, a, an average training day was maybe 12 to 15 kilometers. What does your training regimen look like leading up to a, a, a Olympic qualifier or a national championship marathon? So at the moment, it, it's pretty full on, I have to say. Um, so um, I'm kind of in the last few weeks of my training block now. I'm, I'm due to, to run a marathon in, in around five weeks time. So um, I've like since last year, I, I constantly like my weekly um, mileage would be about 100 miles, 110 miles a week. So yeah touching on maybe 160 180 kilometers a week so um <laughs> you know it takes up a lot of time um at the moment um I, I run twice a day so i do maybe 13 kilometers in the morning and 10 kilometers in the evening so um and then i have my two big sessions in the week uh, which are a wednesday and a sunday where i would probably do um on wednesday 18 to 20 miles which is probably 30 32 kilometers and then 20 to 24 miles on the sunday so again 32 to 36 or 7 kilometers or something like that so it's full on enough <laughs> will, will you run a marathon length before the actual marathon you're competing in yeah uh, oh no sorry um i won't know um 24 miles is, is the furthest i would run in training um 
So I, I actually did that last weekend. Um, so that's the furthest I will go before the actual marathon. Why is that? Why, why do marathoners, I, I know distance runners do this, they, they, they don't actually run the marathon length. Why is it that you wouldn't do that until the actual race day? Yeah, it's um, pretty much because like the marathon itself takes such a toll on your body, um, especially when you're running at whatever pace you're, you're, you need to run at. So um, it takes like after actually running a marathon at, you know, 100% effort, um, they say it takes a month to recover fully. Now that's not no running at all. You might take a week off and then you'll, you'll build um, in, in some miles again and, and gradually, but it takes to fully recover about a month, um, 26 days. Um, so like when in training, um, that 24 miler that I did, I did 20 at, you know, a decent pace. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just about getting that recovery in. And, and also it would have been, um, at the end of a very high mileage week, so maybe a hundred miles, and then I, I did that twenty four miler. Whereas um, on marathon day, you're hoping to go in fresher, you'd have tapered, um, so I'll have a lot less miles done that week. So that's what um, the idea is that will get you that extra few miles at the end of the race, you know. Uh, so I'm older than you are, but my my body's breaking down. But when I run on the pavement, if I run just a handful of miles, I feel it, it hurts. What surfaces are you running on for 10, 15, 20 miles while you're training? I run on road. So yeah, I, I would run on, on concrete, I guess. Um, I guess I, my body hasn't broken down yet, touch wood. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I guess um, I would run on the same type of surface that I would be racing on. So it would be- Is it something you've thought about it? You know, as, you know I'm, I have these amazing dreams. I, I, I'm passionate about my sport, but I may end up paying for it down the road. Has that, is, is that in your mind or are you just like, I'm, I, I'm just going for the gold? Yeah, I, I'm not thinking about it too much at the moment. Um, maybe when I get a little bit older in, in 10 years or so, I might, I might regret all of this. I doubt I'll regret it. I'll, I'll deal with the consequences when it happens. But right now I'm enjoying it. So you keep going that way. Winning a national championship is, you know, it's probably worth the, the, the struggle. Uh, what does the road to Tokyo look like for you now? Um, so I'm going to do that marathon the end of the month. So that, um, that will be hopefully to qualify. Um, so I, I still need to run the qualifying time. So I will, will hopefully be able to do that there. Um, and if that goes to plan, um, so begins the training towards the Tokyo, um, the marathon in Tokyo. Um, so I'll probably take a week off after, after the marathon in April, um, and then kind of start building up towards um, Tokyo. I have kind of considered maybe going away for a month or six weeks to um, a little bit warmer weather than we have here in Ireland, just to acclimatize a little bit. Um, but I guess it just depends on how this whole COVID situation is going. If you end up in Los Angeles, let me know. It's beautiful and sunny here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tempting. <laughs> um, so, so is that all it is, is I, I'm going to run this marathon and if I run the qualifying time, I'm going to Tokyo? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so in, in Ireland, um, 
so like the qualifying time is 2.29.30 for the Martin. Um, at the moment in Ireland, there is one other female who has done that time and there's there's three spots. So, um, I mean, there is a chance that maybe two others will run the qualifying time and then it will come down to, you know, who who's the fastest three. Um, but yeah, basically um, it will be a case of, yeah, if I run the qualifying time, more than likely. So um, Ireland has has potentially three spots in the in the uh, women's marathon at the Olympic Games. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the same for every country. Wow, I I I had no idea, but I guess you're right. That's a that's a lot of people at the start of that marathon. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know how many spots they have all together. Like, I mean, there there will probably be countries that won't have any qualifiers you know smaller countries um and whatnot but um yeah that's the, those that's the kind of criteria there there's three spots for every country as long as they can get under that 22930 um then then they can go what is the marathon that you're going to be running um it's in wales it's uh wrexham marathon so it, it's going to be a pretty small marathon um it's in the uk um just a, an elite um only so like they, they've kind of because of covid you know have to kind of keep it small and um on on loops so i think there'll be maybe 200 participants all together and um and it's going to be seven 6k loops around around a little top town in uh, in wales <laughs> what would it mean to you to make that time and 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 cross the finish line and know that you're going to Tokyo? Uh, it, it would be amazing. Um, I feel like it's been a really long road um, because I suppose, you know, obviously because of COVID, everything yet last year was canceled. Um, I, I had been, you know, hoping to do a marathon last year in April to try and qualify for Tokyo in 20, 2020, but obviously all those plans were, were caught with, with the pandemic. Um, so it just came to a point, you know, I've been training now for a year and a half nearly <laughs> for this. So um, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be, I, I, I don't even know how I'll react um, if it does happen, but it'll be absolutely amazing. Your face lit up when I asked that question. So obviously it would mean a lot to you. Would it, would it mean any more to not only represent Ireland, but represent Ireland as an out LGBTQ person at the Olympic Games? I think it'll be huge. Yeah. Um, you know, I, um, I I don't think it's been done before. You know, I, I think I would be the, the first out LGBT athlete in athletics anyway. I, I don't know about any other sports, but um, I think I would be the first. Um, and I think it, I think it's going to be great, you know, um, for people who will be watching at home, um, you know, to see, to see me going there, um, you know, for, for younger people. You know, I think I know if I had seen somebody from Ireland out when I was 12, 13, 14, um, going to the Olympics that, um, you know, it could have, you know, it could have led to me um, coming out a lot sooner or kind of, you know, realizing my own identity a lot sooner. On your left sleeve, you have the name of, is that a, is that a coffee shop? Is that your own gym? Like, what, what is that? 
Pot Coffee. So they're they're a brand. They're actually an Irish brand. Um, but I think I think they um they, they do uh, deliver to the US now. So <laughs> um they're they're a brand. So they do clothing. Um, uh, so yeah, they're they're a really good brand. You should look them up. Um, I love them. I've got like about four of these, um, hoodies. Um, so yeah. Are they a sponsor of yours? They're not, no. Um, now they did, they have helped me out um, quite a bit. Um, they did an article about me before I did the Dublin Marathon, which was the national championships and um, helped me up with some gear afterwards. Um, how can we support you in, in your journey over the next few months? Um, I, I think, you know, um, just just being supportive, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think um, kind of knowing that the community have my back um, is huge. Um, so anything that that shows me that um, is a great help. You know, um, I know back here in Ireland, um, in Cork um, specifically, that the community are very supportive. Um, I think they understand, you know, um, you know, when, when I have to go home early because I have training the next day, you know, that that's a form of support, you know, and um, that they kind of get me. Um, so, so that's that's all I need, really. Well, we do have your back. We would love to be cheering for you. Every Olympics, we put together Team LGBTQ and we follow all the out athletes kind of as though they were a country competing together. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I look forward to to ending the Olympic games, watching you run the marathon. So uh, anything we can do, let us know. Thank you for taking the time and best of luck with everything. Thank you very much. Lovely to chat. You can follow Eva Cook on Instagram and, and try to follow along because Americans will not, uh, this is not a natural spelling of this. It's A-O-I-F-E. Cook, C-O-O-K-E Fitness, A-O-I-F-E. My guess is if you just type in A-O-I-F-E, Eva's going to come up because there's not a lot of uh, those uh, spellings of that on Instagram, particularly in the United States. Hope you enjoyed my conversation. It's always really inspiring to talk to out athletes. Next week, I am talking to a non-LGBTQ athlete, a former... Olympic gold medalist who is trying to pave a path to inclusion for transgender athletes. I've known her for years. She's amazing. So come on back then. And until then, I hope you have a great Easter if you celebrate Easter. And otherwise, have a great week. <laughs>